So before class, uh, Alon and I are discussing how it must have looked to the nations. Well, yesterday we discussed that it, the, the Pasuk tells us that there was no nation that made peace with Israel or accept, that accepted peace with Israel. And we said the implication is that they must have offered peace to all of these nations. And Alon was saying that, Alon was saying, we didn't start yet, so you're good. Alon was saying that, um, I mean, it, it, it's a kind of aggressive move on B'nai Israel's part. Imagine you come, all of a sudden people come to your house and they say, we come in peace just, uh, just um, but they come with an entire army. And they say, we come in peace, just, evacuate you gotta, house. please evacuate your house and leave, otherwise we'll kill you. You know, it's not like the, it's not the, the best offer to get from an opposing army. It's not like an exciting, it's not like, Alon's point was that basically this peace offer that we said was implied yeah. wasn't necessarily the, the greatest thing for the Goyim. It's not like the most exciting uh, position to be put in. I, I, I don't disagree, but I think the, the context is that, yes, we came, we came to the land and we said, he said we're, we're taking over the land now. And all we really expect of the Goyim is to keep the laws of the land as we see them, which are the Sheva Mitzvah and Noach. And then at the same time, those laws are going to be good for the nations that accept them. Because you can imagine in the Canaanite society, it wasn't the most just and beautiful society ever built. There probably was a lot of indecency. And that's something that the Jewish people said, that will, that will not, you do not have to be our slaves. The Givonites became the slaves of Bnei Israel because they lied. So as punishment for their lie, uh. the Givonim become, became Chotevei Etzim Eshoavimayim. They became the cutters of wood and the drawers of water. Now for the rest of Canaan, would they have to be slaves to Am Israel? No, I think they just have to keep the mitzvot. I mean, they just have to keep the sheva mitzvot ben Noach and live by a certain code. Okay, Pasuk Kaf Aleph. Yeah, recording. Pasuk Kaf Aleph, Perek Yud Aleph. 11th chapter, 21st Pasuk. And this is right after the, the uh, destruction of the northern kingdoms. Okay. At that time, Yoshua came and he cut down the giants that were in the mountain from Hebron, from Devir, from Anav, and from all the mountains of Yehuda. And we call Har Israel from all the mountains of Israel. And he destroyed these giants with their cities. Now, why is it significant that Yoshua destroyed the giants? Because whenever the Miraglim came, when the spies came, uh. they came to Israel, they said, Oh, we saw the giants and we were grasshoppers in their eyes and so were we in our eyes or we were in our eyes like grasshoppers and so were we in their eyes. And the fact that Yeshua was able to so easily cut down these giants means that all of their concern was unfounded back then. There were no giants left in the land of Bnei Israel. Only in Aza, Gat, and Ashdod they remained, meaning on the coast. There were some giants left on the coast. Again, as we will see, this, uh, the conquering of the land by Yoshua is, is far from exhaustive. It's not, it's not 100%. There are going to be pockets of Goyim, many pockets of Goyim remaining, and that is... That is actually going to be the problem of Sefer Shofetim. You know, the, the book of Yoshua sets up the book of Shofetim because all of the difficulties that occur in the book of Shofetim 
occur with the remaining Canaanite nations that Yoshua didn't conquer. You get it? So, seeing, seeing the progression of the books of Tanakh, if you want to just step back for a second, Yoshua sets up the conquest of the land, how we got into the land and how we took control. But it also describes how we, fall, we fell short of conquering every last inch. Shofetim goes into the difficulty and the problem that that posed for Am Israel. Once we did not conquer every square inch, what happened when we had to deal with the other nations like the Pelishim and the random nations that remained there and how those nations would rebel against specific tribes in Bnei Israel as they were trying to settle their land. And then Shofetim actually sets up the book of Shemuel because the whole book of Shofetim goes to explain why we needed a king. Because one of the biggest problems in the book of Shofetim is a lack of unity amongst the tribes. So, uh, introducing the Navi, it's Yehoshua, leading, leads into Shofetim. And then Shofetim, uh, by explaining why, what happened, that, they were, that we didn't conquer everyone, Shofetim shows the difficulties of those people and how we needed a king in order to actually take them on. And then Shemuel comes in, in which we found Shaul and then later David. Okay. Uh, were giants like literally giants or just? I don't know. Prob- probably just tribes that had uh, gen- their genetics were of, that they were of a larger sort. Okay. You know, I'm not sure though. Yoshua took the whole land exactly as Hashem commanded Moshe. And Yoshua gave it as a portion to Israel according to their breakdown by their tribe. And the land was quiet from war. There was no more war in the land. Now, there are two reasons why there was no more war in the land. One, because all of the nations were scared of Am Yisrael. The nations were, did not... All of the previous battles, if you noticed, after I, were instigated by the Kenani. But once we destroyed all the kings in the south at the same time, then we destroyed all the kings of the north at the same time, Nobody wanted to come and fight anymore. So for that reason, there was no more war. Now, is it a good thing that there was no more war? Probably not, because, because once the Goyim stopped attacking Israel, the Jewish people should have cleaned the land out more. And they didn't do that. They rather, they uh, took the privilege of the peace and just enjoyed it, instead of taking it as an opportunity to clean out the land even more. Perak Yudbet. 12th chapter, These are the kings of the land that Bnei Israel struck and they conquered their land. On the east side of the, of the Yarden, east of the, where the sun uh, shines from. From the Arnon until the Charmon. And the whole, how does it translate Arava there, by the way? The whole plain of the east. The whole plains of the east, okay. Uh, now, now what we're about to do is we're going to summarize all of the territory that was conquered from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until Yoshua. Okay, because Moshe Rabbeinu conquered the kingdoms of the eastern side of the Jordan River. He was the one to distribute the lands to Reuven, Gad, and Hasim, and Asher. And then Yoshua was the one who distributed to the other nine and a half tribes. So the text is going to go through all, summarize all of the lands that have been conquered so far. Sichon, the king of the Emori, uh, within the portion of Amon, and it goes through all of the, the borders of that area. And the, the plains until the, the uh, Yamkineret in the east, 
until the water of the Arava, Yamamelach, until the water of the plains, which was this, uh, the, the Yamamelach, Mizracha, and the east, Derech Betai Shimonu Mitaman Pisga. Again, it's going through all the areas where Moshe was able to conquer. Ugvul Og Melchabashan, and the territory of Og, the other king that Moshe conquered, was Mieter Arfaim, Hayashabashotu Vedrei. Um, translate the fourth pasuk. The boundary of Og, king of Bashan, who was a remnant of the giants, who lived in Ashtarot and in. Ibedre. Okay, so his boundary was from I guess I guess the giants who were there before him, or was he? No, Og was what? Oh no, no, that's what it means. Og was one of the remnants of the giants, and his territory was Ashtarot and Edrei. Okay, whatever. These are things that you're not going to be able to picture in your head, so we're just going to run through them. Um, and he, and he, he ruled from Har Hermon and, uh, and Salcha and the whole Bashan and the, the, the area of the Gishuri and the Ma'achati. Half the Gilad uh, was the area of Sichon Melech Heshbon. Moshe, the servant of God and, and the children of Israel struck them. And Moshe gave it as a, an inheritance for the Reubenites, the Gadites, and Chatsi Shevet and for half a tribe of Menashe. So that's a summary of the things that Moshe Rabbeinu conquered. Who were the two main kings that he conquered? Sichon and Og. Good. Next. And these are the kings of the land that Yoshua struck and Ben Israel on the other side of the Jordan, west of the Jordan. From the north until the south, and Yoshua gave it to the tribes of Israel as an inheritance based on their breakdown of tribes. At large, it was the Chittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Chivites, and Yibusites in all of Israel. Okay? And now. Now, we're going to finish the 12th chapter with a kind of song, actually. It's, it's, a, it's a kind of song which apparently, I don't know if B'nai Israel sang it or if it's just a way of uh, closing out the summary of how many kings Yehoshua conquered. But all the song does is it lists the names of the, of the cities of the kings and it counts all of them for us to tell us how many kings Yehoshua actually conquered. Okay, so I'll read it for you, but it's very redundant. Pasuk Ted, Melech Yericho Echad. That one we know, right? King of Yericho was one. Melech Ha'ai Asher Mitzad Bet El Echad. I that was next to Bet El, one. So we're at two. Melech Yerushalayim Echad. This one we also know. Who was Melech Yerushalayim? Adoni Tzedek, right? Melech Hebron Echad. Who was the king of Hebron? Um... Yeah, uh, I don't remember either. Okay, uh, the king of Hebron was a Melch Yarmut Echad, Melch Achish Echad, Melch Eglon Echad, Melch Geser Echad, Melch Devir Echad, Melch Geder Echad, Melch Horma Echad, Melch Arad Echad. Now the rest of these, Melch Makeda, we know uh, Makeda was a place where those five kings of the south they hid, right? Before we we put stuck, got them stuck in their caves, so that's where they took refuge. Melch Tapuach Echad, Tapuach we didn't see. Okay, 
מלך דור לנפת דור אחד, מלך גויים לגלגל אחד, מלך תרצה אחד, כל מלכים שלושים ואחד. All the kings that Yoshua conquered were thirty-one in total. So what did we do today? I know today was a very hard day to follow, but basically we said all of the territories and the kings that Moshe conquered, all of the territories and the kings that Yoshua conquered, And then in relation to the ones that Yoshua conquered, we listed the kings by their cities one by one. And it totaled 31. That's all we really did. Okay? And, and that's going to be the theme for the rest of the book of Yoshua, is that there's going to be a lot of psukim, which could be summarized very, very quickly. We'll be able to summarize it uh, very easily. Tomorrow we'll continue in the 13th chapter. Are these actual kings or are these tribal leaders? Because when we think of kings, we think of... No, when like, you think of... In, in your mind, you think of emperor. Kings in these times are more like tribal heads. Yeah. Otherwise, there wouldn't, you can't fit 31 emper, yeah, empires in, in Israel. Every city had a, was a basically a tribe, and the, the head of that city was called the Melech. Okay? And that's why the only time it was actually, the, the battles were actually even meaningful, were when five kings got together at the same time. All five got together at the same time Then it would be somebody Who could put up a fight With Am Yisrael If, it was, if you're picking off The cities one by one It's not a Wasn't such a big deal That's why when you came to Ai Now Ai has a king Right But what do we say about Ai Oh it's a small city We only need two or three thousand people To defeat it Probably had like Ten thousand people in the city You know And half of them are women And then another Half of the remaining Are children or whatever You're talking like Three thousand men So, so uh, and, that, and 3,000 men had a king So that's the kind of That's what we're kind of talking about When we, when we talk king Did you figure out the name of the king of Hebron? Okay, maybe we'll do that tomorrow we, we, uh, Tomorrow What are we doing tomorrow? Okay Tomorrow we're going to go through Some of the territory that remained Uh, in Israel and, and we're going to start to apportioning the land to Bnei Shah Baruch Adonai Gulam Amen Amen